Welcome to Haunting History, the podcast that reaches back into the past for the events that shocked everyone. Tales of true crime, mystery, and the macabre. And when we're lucky, the stories were history and the people who lived it and the paranormal meet. Now who doesn't live a good ghost story, right? Welcome back to Hunting History Podcast. I'm your host, Kat, and joining me today again for part two of The Bell Witch is Haley. Hi. We are at season two, episode seven, and like I said, the second part of The Bell Witch. Haley, you were not that impressed with the first part of The Bell Witch. No. I, it's too far-fetched for me. That, now, which part is too far-fetched for you? The fact that she talks and floats and goes different places and physically manifestation, like, does things to people? Yeah, and I guess because I'm picturing it in my head as her literally piping into conversations that they're having in the house, like, it's someone standing next to you. Or during the Andrew Jackson, like, a voice coming from the bushes. Yeah, like, it's just, or the, hold on, Luce, I'll go check if your son is home. Like, what? Yeah, if I wouldn't have said her calling her loose would it have just thrown you as much as it did yeah because it's still someone being like let me just float over to your son's house and check and then how he said his door opened and then i it's it's like those movies called the scary movie where it's the parodies of scary movies that's what i in my head that's how i'm picturing it is like a parody of a scary movie you're not the only person there's there's bell witch theorist who don't believe that it happened at all and then there's people who who insists that it absolutely did happen. So the story goes that the Bell Witch left the Bell household in 1821, saying that she would return in seven years' time. Supposedly, she made good on her promise and appeared, quote, unquote, at the home of John Bell Jr., where it is said she left him with prophecies of future events, including the Civil War, the World Wars One and Two, And the ghost said that she would reappear 107 years later in 1935, but if she did, no one came forward to say that they witnessed it. Some claim that the spirit still haunts the area on the property once owned by the Bells. There's a cave there. And has been now known as the Bell Witch Cave. And many locals claim to have seen strange apparitions at the cave and other spots on the property. And um, one of the stories, I couldn't find a lot of firsthand accounts. And um, one I read was... His name was, I believe, Rick White, writer and director of the movie The Bell Witch Haunting. The, he said, a few years ago, while conducting research for a script that would later become The Bell Witch Haunting, I was walking near the opening of the cave on the Bell property with a fellow writer. We were walking right beside each other with no one else around. Everything was quiet when suddenly we heard a woman angrily whisper over our shoulders, right in our ears, what are you doing here? We both quickly turned and no one was there. So that was the most recent account and one of the only written accounts I could find. Although the Bell Witch stopped haunting the Bell Farm, it's um, they said there's no means the last anyone's seen of her aside from this Rick White guy. The legend continues from there. The most popular and spookiest story is that the witch did not ever really go away, but took up residence in a gloomy abandoned cave not far from the Red River, which lies on a Native American burial ground. And this is where I go back to every haunting they always say it's on Native American burial grounds. They even say our freeway right here that there's always an accident. Like everyone jokes that there's always an accident, right? Well, I don't know whether they're joking, but it's a terrible thing to say. But if there's going to be a problem on our freeway, 
We currently we live. Um, if anybody's from California, or if anybody isn't from California, you can look up our freeway. We live off of the ninety one freeway, and it is supposedly one of the most congested and dangerous freeways in all of the nation. Is that what we just read that in our stretch of where we live? Yeah, that and it's always so. It seems like it's right by our house that things happen, and so people always joke on the Facebook pages that it's been built on Native, and they're not joking to be honest. People will say, well, I heard it was built on Native American burial grounds. I don't know why that's always the, the catch-all for everything, but it always is. I don't know if the Bell Witch Cave is on Native American burial ground. I've not spent that much time researching it. But supposedly it is, and it's apparently where the Bell Witch resides today. Among the many bizarre phenomena reported there are sounds of laughing, moaning, rasping, wheezing, and the voice of an old woman whispering or beckoning from the darkness. There's also sinister tales of being choked, pushed, slapped, or having your hair pulled in and around the cave. And then there are others that have been told have been have told of being paralyzed in place or of having the feeling of immense weight placed upon them as if they were being embraced in a vice like grip. Of course, other apparitions of an old woman are often seen prowling about and animals still steer clear of the area. I'd be curious to hear from someone who's actually been there. We do have Justin, one of our, um, he comments on our face, he listens and he comments on our Facebook page. He's been there and he sent me some really cool pictures from there. He said he didn't really feel anything there himself personally, but I'd like to hear from people who have been there and whether it was really, truly creepy or if it was just the stories that you they heard that made it creepy. Someone, the, one of the legends is that if you take a small stone from the cave, it will bring hauntings, great misfortune, and even death. Although the entity is almost always described as violent, there is at least one account of a child being saved from being stuck in a hole by the witch, who pulled the kid out and reportedly even gave safety tips for exploring the cave before vanishing. I can't. I'm just <laughs> not going to be able to take any of this. Here. And I know someone's going to be mad at me about that. Like, I know someone is going to be a bell witch believer and cult leader of the bell witch community but i can't get behind it (laughs) just because of the stories now you have to remember these stories are being written supposedly 200 years ago i know and that's why i think a lot of it is made up from then well and i'm sure it came from something that's true something happened yes i'm sure at the root of everything there were real things that happened to real people well i let's get to that the cave continues to attract seekers of the macabre and the paranormal and paranormal investigators and anyone who's feeling brave enough can take a tour of either the cave itself or a replica of the original bell cabin, because the bell cabin is long gone, um, which is furnished with some of the original items owned by the bells. Some people say the real explanation of the bell witch. There's some rational explanations other than Haley's of, no, it just didn't happen. Uh, the haunting, they say, was a hoax um, perpetrated by Richard Powell. You remember Richard Powell is? No. The teacher? Oh, right, the married right. Betsy. The, yeah, the girl. Yeah, the haunting they say was a hoax by him. He he was in love with Betsy, and he was very jealous of Joshua Gardner, the one that she was originally supposed to marry. It seems Pal was deeply in love with her and would do anything to destroy her relationship with Gardner through a variety of pranks and tricks, and with the help of several accomplices. It is theorized that Pal created the effects of the ghost to scare Gardner away, and it worked. Gardner was the target of much of the witch's violent taunting, and he eventually did break up with Betsy. Well, she supposedly broke up with him and left the area. 
it's never been explained how 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 Powell achieved all these remarkable effects, including paralyzing Andrew Jackson's wagon. But he did end up and marrying. all the effects to her dad. That doesn't. That's not a realistic explanation to me. But if you're being, if all these things are happening, you think that you're crazy. I mean, that's like my hypochondriac. If I read the, I mean, everyone's gonna think I'm crazy, but that's okay. I'm just gonna put this out there. If I read the side effects of a medication, if I get prescribed a medication, and I read the side effects, I immediately get those side effects. All right. So, (laughs) yeah, I you know, but. That's the thing. Like, if all these crazy things are happening to them, couldn't they have physical manifestations? Couldn't like if he's making all these things happen and they believe them to be true? I mean, the reverends maybe, in the but town. Why even, didn't that happen to the brothers or the mom? Maybe they were too young. Maybe the dad was just and and they said they think he had a stroke. Maybe he had strokes prior to the big stroke, and they're blaming it on the witch, but they weren't really. It was all made up by this guy. I don't know about that. Well, he ended up marrying Betsy Bell. So if he did do it, he won. And there's so many different books written about the Bell Witch or the Bell Ghost. All of them seem to use the same source. Now, this is where it gets a little, this is where the theorists come in. The source is the authenticated history of the Bell Witch written by Martin Van Buren Ingram in 1894. Okay, 1894. This all started in 1817, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Attention all insurance agents with a current life or medical insurance license. SelectQuote has immediate openings for licensed insurance agents looking to build a rewarding career. And you can even work from the comfort of your home. Our average employee makes $75,000 and our top performers make well over $150,000 per year. Yes, I said $150,000. Insurance professionals, are you sick of looking and paying for leads? Would you like to have more than one product or carrier solution to offer? Do you wish that your entrepreneurial spirit and hard work was rewarded? If you you answered yes and you feel you have what it takes select quote is looking for you with a fun and fast work environment multiple products pre-qualified leads and great training this is an opportunity you do not want to miss apply online at selectquote.com backslash careers or call 800-896-9009 to learn more select quote is hiring right now don't miss out call 800-896-9009 or visit selectquote.com backslash careers call 800-896-9009 800-896-9009 his book is based entirely on the handwritten diary of Richard Bell. Richard Bell was one of John Bell's sons. He was he was born in 1811. All this stuff happened started to happen in 1817. He was only six years old when it happened. The thing is, is he didn't write this diary until well into his 30s. So he's a 30 year old writing events that happened when he was six. Mm-hmm. Think about all the things that happened when you were six years old. What do I you don't remember? remember them. That's what I'm saying. So if all the books are based on the fact that Richard wrote a diary 30 years after it happened, and he's writing about things that happened when he was six. It was his imagination. How, how I mean, Is that what things could have been happening. For sure, things could have been happening. I mean, there was even things I didn't even include in the first episode. At one point, one of the reverends claims to have picked up the witch and threw her in a fire. But couldn't see her, but physically picked How did he physically pick her up I and throw her in the fire? No idea. The, and, then, and then this is where it gets a little hokey too. Richard gave the diary that he wrote, again, 30 years later of his memories of a six, as a six-year-old. He gave it to his son, Alan Bell, who for some reason didn't keep it in his family 
He gave it to the author of the book. This Martin Because he Ingram. wanted to make money off of it. No. He made him keep it private until after the deaths of all of the family. So by the time his book comes out, every first-hand person and second-hand person He's is gone. dead. Yeah. There's no one to refute the craziness. And where did this diary go? There's no record of this diary existing. Yeah. So if you were writing a book based on a diary and it's something as controversial as what happened in the story, wouldn't you be like, see, it's written right here. He wrote it. Richard Bell wrote it. He was there. Yeah, probably. He didn't do that. And why did he give a family heirloom? I mean, there's still descendants of the Bells. I've seen them right on Facebook. Because and he wanted to make money off of it. Why else give it to He's dead. Author? He made him wait another 30 years. Okay, He's already know. gone. I don't know. So, I mean, Ingram, you're saying Ingram wanted to make money, the author of the book? Not the Bell family. The Bell family didn't make any money. They were all dead. Even the son that gave to him? The son, Richard Bell, is gone. He said that, he gave it to his son and said, you can't give it to anyone until the immediate family's dead. So that means his dad Mom was dad. already dead. His mom, his sister, Betsy, his brother-in-law, his brothers are all gone. Mm -hmm. And then Alan gave it to Ingram and said, you can't use it until everyone's gone. Was Alan alive when the book went I out? I don't know. I didn't look it up. That's really crazy, but. I didn't look it up, but I don't think that I don't think that he was. And then they're saying that in the book he talks about his Saturday evening post story that ran about the Bell Witch. And the supposedly the Saturday evening post story blamed Elizabeth for everything, saying that Elizabeth is the one who caused all and I, I did read that actually, but saying that Elizabeth is the one who Okay, you don't believe Powell could have done it, so why would you believe that Elizabeth could have done it? I don't believe that Elizabeth could have done it. So and you don't you don't believe that Pal or Elizabeth did it. So no. then who did it? Like what do you believe? It didn't happen. Is but what I nothing believe. happened. No, I believe that their house was haunted by something and they had these experiences, but I don't believe it was as extreme as that the story's just got of control. Yes, like normal Something happened. legends and things happen. I think that's like over the years things got added for shock value for embellishment reasons yeah so supposedly uh, in his book he claims that the evening the saturday evening post ran a story about the bell witch that blamed the daughter elizabeth for everything and then they retracted the shortly, story shortly after because she threatened to sue this is in, in 1849 so she was still alive so the thing is is no one can find any article that the saturday evening post ever wrote so he was trying to use the Saturday Evening Post as sort of like a backup. Like, well, they even wrote a story on it. But supposedly they did not. No one can find any publication that has either the blurb in it about retracting it or the original story in the first place. Historians have found only one printed reference to the Bell Witch that predates the publication of the book in 1894. And it's a brief one-paragraph blurb in the 1886 first edition of Godspeed's History of Tennessee in its chapter on Robertson County. But in that little blurb, they make no reference to Andrew Jackson and no reference to the death of um, John Bell, like the murder, her murdering John Bell. 
people believe that Ingram made up the entire Andrew Jackson incident. Andrew Jackson's whereabouts between 1814 and 1820 are pretty well documented, and there's no record of him even visiting Robertson County during those years. In all of his writings and in all of his many biographies, there's not a single mention of the alleged Bell Witch adventure. I mean, I see why there almost wouldn't be, though. He's yeah, he's running for president. To be the president. Right. Maybe he doesn't want all this craziness but, associated with him. Right, but they say that that the nineteen the nineteen twenty four the eighteen twenty four presidential election was notoriously malicious. We all clearly can see how that could happen now, but apparently it was really bad in eighteen twenty four, and they feel like one of his if that had happened, one of his opponents would have brought it up and said, "Hey, yeah, he's out chasing ghosts. You yeah, really he's want crazy. Him? Yeah, mm-hmm. but that didn't happen. So they're saying that." that Ingram made the crap up about Andrew Jackson. And they say that all the um fa- all the significant facts were falsified. There's no reliable documentation of any of the actual events existed. Ingram also wrote that the Bell Witch promised to return in 1935 and then nothing happened that year. So they chalk up many people chalk up the that it's an unsubstantiated folk legend. Vastly embellished and popularized by an opportunistic author of historical fiction. That's what I think. So I guess we we're back to guessing what what the Bell Witch was. Could it have been a sinister evil spirit, even a demon that had decided to target the family for reasons that we may never fathom? I find it unusual that they called it a poltergeist. Like a lot of the old old things that old you know nineteen thirty five and before refer to the Bell Witch as a poltergeist. A poltergeist is not something you see or hear. I mean, mm-hmm. this person was supposedly traveling. I kind of lean, maybe because I'm not, I don't, I don't know how to word this in a way that totally makes sense, but not because I'm more familiar in ghosts, because I'm not, I don't even necessarily know if I believe in ghosts, but what I know for a fact is that I have no idea about witches or any of that stuff. So for me, if I'm going to believe anything, I'm going to believe more that it was a witch thing. Oh, really? Yeah. Then I'm going to believe that it's like a ghost or a spirit thing. So you think it could have been a witch? Like the story about the neighbor being a witch or something and casting some spell or whatever on the family. I would almost believe that more than I would believe it's a ghost haunting their house. Just because if that can't just happen one time, why wouldn't that be part of the crazy ghost stories we hear now? And why wouldn't people going there experience something similar how is there nothing they're saying that they are experiencing something similar and there's not written accounts that's like that like i can't yeah but you you have to watch the videos and, and there stuff, would be like say. crazy all of the paranormal shows that are like it, it would be more well like known really sanatorium like. or whatever yeah really like it would be way more well known as something that's crazy happening if it was like a ghost or something a witch thing i feel like i don't understand a lot of people maybe don't understand well, people believe that which it could have been witchcraft aimed at the family, um, a vengeful Native American spirit, um, because they built their home on the ancient burial grounds, and that had been disturbed, a uh, trickster entity from the spirit world, an evil entity conjured up by bats, or even psycho psychokinetic outbursts from one of the family, or like, it's just this author made it all up. Well, I don't know that I believe that every I I more in agreement with you that not all of it that they had things happen whether it was witchcraft or whether it was spirit activity i think they had things happen Mm -hmm. but i think that the memories of a six-year-old written 30 years later 
they weren't what actually happened. Like maybe candles got knocked over or something. And maybe the dad was really having strokes that whole time. So his memory of what transpired when he wrote them all down. But then again, what happened to the diary? Like, did he really write them down? Mm-hmm. That's hard to say, too. Psychokinetic outbursts from one of the family members. That kind of trips me out a lot, too. It would fit into the modern theories on the poltergeist phenomena originating from living people rather than the dead. For his part, Richard Bell is said to have written of his ideas on the origin of the phenomena in his diary. He said whether it was witchery such as afflicted people in past centuries and the Dark Ages, whether some gifted fiend of hellish nature practiced sorcery for selfish enjoyment, or some modern science akin to that of mesmerism, or some hobgoblin native to the wilds of the country, or a disembodied soul shut out from heaven, or an evil spirit like those Paul drove out of the man into the swine, or a demon let loose from hell. I am unable to decide, nor has anyone yet divined its nature or cause for appearance. I trust this description of the monster in all forms and shapes and in many tongues and will lead experts who may come with a wiser generation to a correct conclusion and satisfactory explanation. So he's even saying he doesn't know. Mm-hmm. He's not, he's saying something happened though. Like Richard's, if, if he really wrote the diary in the, anyways, I and mean, people are saying Ingram just made the whole damn thing up. But if, for some reason, he did write the diary. He's saying he has no idea whether it was true or not. Yeah, whether it was witchcraft, whether it was spirit, whether it was... And also, where are all of these people in the community that came to this house to see all this crazy stuff happening? Where is all of their writings? And That's what I think, too. People say that... Um, like, if it was this big attraction in town, wouldn't it be everywhere? That since yeah, there's no newspaper articles. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I guess there's a few after 1894. I couldn't find any before 1804, but I don't belong to like the greatest uh, newspaper. My subscription isn't for every newspaper ever, so I could not. It could be possible that I couldn't find it, but I couldn't find any newspaper articles referring to it. So Haley and I are in agreement that the Bell Witch. The story of the Bell Witch isn't true. Right. Not the extreme story of the Bell mm-hmm. Witch, but that if this people, family was maybe haunted, something happened to yeah. this family that made it even become an issue. It wasn't, it didn't probably come out of nothing. Something happened. But the fact that they use Andrew Jackson and the story in the Saturday Evening Post and stuff kind of, kind of ruins it for me because. If it was a true story and they were so certain all this stuff happened, why did they need to add stuff and lie to it, lie about it? You know what I mean? That didn't, if anything, that didn't confirm that it happened. It made it more hokey. More hokey, yeah. More unbelievable. It didn't. To us now, though, who knows that in, when was it published? 1894 or something? Mm -hmm. Who knows? Then it might have been, people might have been more, he's, not easily fooled because that sounds awful, but like more likely to believe. More it was likely less to believe explained. that it, yeah, and that they didn't have experience in it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now it's you can Google anything and watch a TV show about anything. You're less likely to believe something like that is happening. Right. So I guess so I maybe back then it wasn't as hokey. I would like to hear from people who who have been 
to the Bell Witch Cave now. I want to hear from people who had their own personal experiences. Because like I said, I couldn't find a lot written down. They, other than what the tour guide says, that like people feel this, hear this, been pinched, been slapped. They um, supposedly have photographs that show up with some kind of entity in the photograph later. I mean, I don't know how that happens with digital photos now. I would like to hear more from people that have been there currently and have had experiences happen. I think it's a fascinating story. I think something probably did happen with you. I think something did happen and it it wouldn't have lasted 200 years. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's one of the longest running ghost stories with the exception of the sisters who did the knocking on the wall, which, by the way, is another story I like to tell, but that ended up being a hoax too. So now maybe I won't tell it. <laughs> um, but I feel like it's one of the longest running ghost stories ever. And people have asked us to do this story. I've had several requests for it. But it's hard for me with all the stories that just so many things that this supposed witch slash ghost slash poltergeist did. I mean, running to the neighbor, running to see if the son got home is just... I, I That's so extreme to me, that specific part. And killed the dad. Yeah. Killed it, like, physically. To me, his symptoms, sorry, they sound like he had a stroke. Yeah. He had difficulty swallowing, difficulty talking. Yeah, but then the kids... And he could have been having it sooner. Yeah, but then the kids saying that they found that thing and it was poison. She's claiming from the walls that she... Poisoned him. Did it. Ha, ha, ha. I can't do it. (laughs) Yeah, and that she was singing and, yeah. Yeah. So if anyone disagrees with us about the Bell Witch, um, Haley and I are having a harder time probably swallowing it than other people and particularly if you've been there and you've seen or heard of anything although that doesn't confirm the story from 200 years ago it does confirm that there are still things that are happening at the bell witch property in the bell witch cave and did she move into the cave because the house was gone like why is she not at the new cabin that they built the replica of their house like why is she now in the cave it's all very interesting i don't have any answers would you go if you had the opportunity? Yeah. Because we're going to move to Tennessee. <laughs> sure. Y'all, we're all moving to Tennessee. Whatever truth any of the case of the Bell Witch holds, it has become a legend. It served as an inspiration for the 1999 movie, The Blair Witch Project, and the basis of the 2005 movie in American Haunting, among others. No one knows what happened to this family out on that secluded farm 200 years ago, or if any of it ever happened at all. Thank you for listening to this episode of Haunting History Podcast. We love hearing from you, so please be sure to like, follow, and comment on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Haunting History Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to all your favorites. Also, you can join our Patreon site for exclusive content, upcoming contests, and information only available to our Patreon members. Visit our website at HauntingHistoryPodcast.com for more information on each episode and links to our Patreon page and all the social media platforms. Until next time, I'm Kat. And remember, the living are far scarier than any ghost. At Encova Insurance, we're committed to leaving a lasting impression in all communities we serve. We support local causes that mirror the values and interests of our associates, agents, and policyholders. We partner with organizations that are dedicated to improving lives. We are committed to building something greater than ourselves. Encircling our communities with strength and support, we are Encova Insurance. Learn more at Encova.com.